Hey, hey, people of Earth, it's time to enter the spoilerverse via our secret portal at the exclusive Arctic Club in beautiful downtown Seattle with our hosts, John and Kenrick and Casey. Welcome to Spoiler Country. Hey, if you're listening to our show for the first time and you're on one of the social medias that we're on, like Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, any of those kinds of things, you should always check us out on spoilerverse.com. But if you want to keep up with our latest episodes, you should bring out your smartphone, get into your favorite podcatcher, find Spoiler Country, and hit subscribe. Then you'll get all our new stuff. And if you want to reach out to us, you can do that in two ways. You can call us and leave us a voicemail at 707-656-2080. Again, 707-656-2080. Or you can shoot us an email at spoilercountry at gmail.com. All right, guys, you guys ready? Yeah, I'm ready. All right, let's do this. You ready, Johnny? I'm ready. Let's do it. All right. All right. Casey, you good? Yeah, yeah. Let's let's do this, yo. Cyclopters and Gene Grey purveyors, welcome back to Spoiler Country. I'm Kenneth Regan. Uh, somewhere around here is Mr. Horsley. We got lucky enough to get Alan on the phone because apparently his wife's got to go get a shot because she's got to deal with him. And, of course, the amazing... <laughs> Mr. Sumner. <laughs> Greetings, people of Earth. Greetings, American friends. So, Greetings. Last week, episode five of six. WandaVision. Six. 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 Episode six of WandaVision did occur. Some some things happened, some some cool things, some weird things. And um, yeah, man, it, it, it's funny because as I, as I watched it, Halloween spectacular. It kind of threw out some of our theories from last week. It totally threw out some of our thoughts from last week. Uh, completely, like our thoughts on Quicksilver, our, our Quicksilver are gone. Oh yeah, our thoughts on who's controlling it's gone. It was brilliant, actually. I was watching the whole thinking, man. Half of the things we speculated last week have just been fucking invalidated in one fell swoop. You know, it just and that's the nature of these things, right? It's fascinating to see what you get totally wrong, and where you know, I and it opened up other. It opened up for me other potential, you know, lines of, uh, you know, conspiracy and what might be going on here. You know, I've, I've just, you know, begun to, you know, feel that the, uh, that the head of the, um, the head of the, the agency, the head of sword, right. I, I suspect he's probably got now, I didn't think this before, and that he's probably got something to do with, uh, you know, that he's tied in with these events much more than we know at the moment. And, you know, is, is, is taking on that kind of like, you know, Alexander Pierce villain character. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Who is Hayward? What is Hayward doing? What's his- Yeah, exactly. Because he's too... What he revealed in this last episode is that he's actually a bit of a fucking dick. And yeah. that those elements yeah. of his character <laughs> had actually not been in the ascendance beforehand. You didn't maybe like him, but he actually legit acted like an arsehole for a lot of this episode. And then that's like, okay, where are they going with this? You know, this guy's clearly a fucking prick. What are they going to do with that? Yeah, it's it. What'd you guys think of Randall Park? And I, I was uh, when he started like fighting, like oh like, mate, that was guys, very satisfying was, to me. It was so exciting. Yes. It, I, yeah. I said out loud, yeah. like I want to be Randall Park just just for a day. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I thought it was great because they play his character for a lot of comedy. That, but one of the things I think they've got absolutely right about his character is, yeah, he's funny and he's quirky, but he's like a supremely capable agent. 
and also the fact that he was a badass in the fights like you know there's no question that he can take these the, these these soldiers out you know him and rambo just like they're, they're totally overmatching the people they're fighting i thought that was a brilliant thing to do not have him be a bumbling idiot but he just fucking takes them out you know what i mean yeah. it was great yeah. I, it makes me it makes me want that spin-off show with him even more <laughs> oh, exactly. right. yeah yeah right absolutely like absolutely right too like that is not it could, they could set things up in it, but it could just be an ongoing show for four or five years or whatever long it needs to be. Yeah. So, so did, did, think, so, oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Simon. No, carry on. You carry on, mate. Uh, so uh, uh, Darcy has mentioned a couple times of her aerospace engineer friend that's going to come in and, and be helpful. Who do you guys think that is? I think it's Sarsgaard. Yeah. Sarsgaard? Although, yeah, I, I think, I don't I, think so. But, but that's not that's not his specialty though, is it? He's like a he's not an aerospace guy, is he? He's like more of a kind of Greek myths and legends analyst kind of figure. He's like <laughs> he's like about mystical energies and shit, isn't he? So you know, um, yeah. it could be him because he might be a mega genius with a bunch of you know, you know, parallel degrees. Who knows? I thought he was more like a theoretical physicist. Oh shit, maybe he is. Who's got an interest in Norse mythology? Yeah, but I, I, I could be completely wrong. I'm sure Johnny will start googling it here in a bit. Well, no, he, he's I think it'll. Physicist. Yeah, I think it's. Go ahead, Casey. Well, I think it's going to be somebody we haven't seen yet. Um, yeah, it's something new. I, they're going to introduce somebody, and it's it's going to everybody's going to shit their pants. Another, uh, another mutant, perhaps. No, so what For, I think here's, here's what I think. I think so. Uh, uh, um, so she, uh, Wanda, she's t- teasing an interview about there being a big reveal, right? I don't think I said it before. I don't think Evan Peters was that was that big reveal because he was known, kind of, right? People knew about him. I think when they introduced the the aerospace engineer, it's going to be Reed Richards. Uh, oh, that's oh fuck! I mean, that would be incredible if they really did that. That they've got to have him locked down and cat, which they could, of course, have. That would be amazing. I mean, if Reed Richards showed up, that would blow everybody's fucking mind. Yeah, that that could be the huge like drop because they could bring in him. Don't I? Don't, I don't think, and I don't think they should bring in the whole team. The FF they should just bring in Reed for this, and you know that'd be a great way to introduce the you know the Marvel first family into this MCU and WandaVision. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, and they wouldn't even have to. Um pull the actors from the, the previous movies or anything like that. They could just, I mean, they have their rights now. They could just go introduce them as they are, or even pre them getting their powers. Yeah. And let that just kind of. Yeah. Shit. I mean, you could have the whole, them getting their powers happen, you know, somewhere down the line. Yeah. He could just be Reed Richards. Yeah. It's, that's a great idea. We need another origin story, though. Yeah, well, you know what, mate. Once again, you're taking the words right out of my mouth. You know, it, I was I was toying around with it because they've told that story, that origin story, twice on films recently. And what one of the brilliant things they did with the Tom Holland iteration of Spider Man is they just didn't bother telling the origin again. You know, which I thought was a very smooth move. Yeah. So I don't I don't know. Do they need to do that? Maybe they maybe they will. Maybe they don't need to. You know, Fantastic Four. It's interesting because they're insanely popular in the 60s and and even in the 70s with a cartoon and then uh my age group we just didn't read them 
you know it just wasn't something that was on the the radar very i mean the, the magazines were out obviously the comics were out and they were important in crossovers and things like that but they just weren't what they were in the 60s and 70s now i think them taking that book away has brought some excitement back this is a smart way of doing things sometimes is taking something away dc could probably learn to do this with batman take it away for a while stop doing stuff, oh yeah and then and then bringing it back because now people are excited to see the fantastic four on film again when three years ago it would have been like i really don't care that they're making another film yeah right. i want yeah I want them to make me care about the Fantastic Four. I always thought they were corny as fuck, and yeah. it, like I'm, it it never connected to me. And I'm sure they could make it cool because they made um, they made Ant Man fun. I've never cared about Ant Man. I've enjoyed no. those Ant Man movies. Uh, I never really cared much about <laughs> my my wife is giving me commentary it. as I talk. <laughs> <laughs> nice <laughs> about um the uh guardians of the galaxy and yet no i've enjoyed those films yeah yeah i'm sure the mcu and kevin feige and can make the fantasy four uh, interesting you know movie uh, they've proven in the past they can take characters no i mean like i'll be honest before before the mcu i really didn't care about thor or captain america but once they came out and they I, they were shown to me in a way that's interesting i like him yeah i like those characters i think the fantastic four is there's enough enough there's enough backstory and the character development has been going on long enough that it should be pretty simple for them to make you care about those those characters i think the problem was is the ones that that fox did they just weren't very interesting you know they they i don't think the director and the writers i mean i could be completely wrong it just felt like they didn't really understand the source material very much and they didn't really um Maybe they're huge comic book fans and nerds. I don't know, but it from the watching those movies because I went back and watched them just last year. It just wasn't there, you know. The the excitement for it and the and the understanding of what they were using and what they were doing just wasn't there. And like Boons, that last one was just a mess. It was oh yeah, that's that's fucking horseshit. That film, it's terrible. Yeah. I mean, it's like uh, that. I I think it's almost. Um, Batman and Robin levels of just getting it all wrong in a different way to Batman and Robin. It's not like, you know, the gay ice capades, which by the way is a wonderful thing, the gay ice capades, but that's what Batman and Robin is. You know, it's like this huge like day glow event, but it's like, it's not Batman. Right. And it's not even right. 66 Batman. And, and the, the recent fantastic four movie is just a load of horseshit weirdly with a bunch of actors in it that I really, really like. Like, but I, I just think the whole thing was ill-founded. I, I personally think one of the challenges to adapting the Fantastic Four. It's partially encoding the fact that the, the original family unit is very much of its time. And it makes a lot of sense, you know, with, with their origin back in 61 or 62 or whatever. And of course, the whole original origin is tied into the, massively into the Cold War and into events at the time. But also, I think you've got a real challenge. Um, and I, I don't, it's a challenge I often see with this particular type type of superpower and i don't think anybody has has been able to do it properly yet and that is and i might have even said this to you guys before on a, on a previous spoiler country episode but adapting characters with stretching powers into live screen into live action on screen without it looking fucking ridiculous and laughable i think is something nobody's figured out yet in their last fantastic four movie they they really tried to to, you know, to figure out it 
for it not to look ridiculous. But for a character who's essentially nearly all the time very serious, Reed Richards, his power is actually fucking ridiculous. And right. if, if you're Plastic Man, that power works because Plastic yeah. Man is humorous. Okay, it's fine. If you're the elongated man, it kind of works because he's got this whole sort of dorky energy. If you're the most credible fucking scientific brain in the entire universe and it's your job to deliver a lot of like narrative that explains the plot and you save the day with the power of your fucking brain and you're not a laugh a minute character, which Reed isn't, he's actually pretty straight and serious. To be yeah. given a power that makes you look like fucking elastic band is a tough is a tough deal. You know, and I think I think whoever adapts Mr. Fantastic on screen as a live action character has fucking massively got their work cut out for them. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, for you sure cuz that Fox had the right actors in those first couple films. The yeah. guy who played Reed Richards, fantastic. Uh I, I think Jessica Alba as the invisible girl, she was great. I yeah. think um Captain America. I can't remember his actual. Yeah, 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 yeah. Chris Evans. Yeah, can, can, perfectly casted for that. And then yeah. of course, Michael, the great Michael Chiklis. Oh, he's well. He's great casting for the thing. He's brilliant. Seriously, he's one of the greatest. Can I, what's that? Perfect. And they just messed it up. It's too bad. Yeah. Can I tell y'all what upset me the most about Trank's Fantastic Four? Is that that's sure. Um, Josh Trank. Yeah. Yeah, the thing, they didn't give him a Speedo, and that kind of infers that when he got his powers, he lost his dick, and I felt so bad for him. Yeah, no, I'm I'm with you, Casey. No wonder he's so depressed. No, we're clearly on the same page here, brother, because I, too, wanted to see a massive orange rock penis and was very disappointed that at no point was I able to actually get to that? I wanted to see how his orange rock foreskin actually works <laughs> and how that, or what the dynamics that are, and his big fucking orange boulder bollocks. I wanted to see all of that. Do you know what I mean? Like, how do you pull back a rock foreskin? Quantum. Yeah, right. I mean, it can't be the easiest thing in the world, that's for sure. And, and you know, I imagine I would say the penile hygiene of your thing is pretty difficult, right? <laughs> You know, and what what was great about Thor Ragnarok is even though you don't see it, they do actually have a whole sequence that's dedicated to the Hulk's massive green fucking dick and balls. You know what I mean? Which I thought was I thought was really funny at the time. You know, and and yeah, you you need you need the thing to have a penis. It's ridiculous that he doesn't fucking have one. Ragnarok Hulk gets it in too. Yeah, right. He does. You know he does. Yeah, yeah, he does. Yeah, you know. And we're talking back and forth, and we lo- we still wanted him to get up out of that pool or out of that yeah. hot tub, and then have it go the thunk, and not yeah, not- <laughs> yeah, that'd have been great. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's fucking brilliant. I'm glad. I'm glad we're ten minutes into this, and uh, we're having a a you know kind of uh, vast, vastly large characters of the Marvel universe and their genitalia conversation. Yeah, we'll definitely mark this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, we, we didn't even really get into Mr. Fantastic and what he could do. Like, uh, he can do whatever he wants. I mean, oh, uh, well, yeah. I mean, that's the upside of that power, surely. You know, that is the upside for sure. Yeah. He's satisfied. Say that, yeah, yeah. Right. 
<laughs> you can fit to a T. I mean, may, may, maybe maybe Sue Richards' invisibility is a result of trauma, you know, sustained. <laughs> maybe the trigger is, you know, whenever they have a romantic couple's interlude, like she just can't take it anymore. So she just makes herself invisible. I would imagine if they don't want to have children, he comes out with a box, he opens it up, and all it is is different size condoms. And what would you like? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. size. <laughs> Oh, hey, so let's get back to WandaVision. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so well, I, I, actually I, got, I wanted to mention something, which is, so are you boys like, uh, are you aware of the uh, the lineage of Jimmy Woo? You know, the interesting thing about Jimmy Woo is he's actually, he's actually, like the vision is actually, right? So the original version of the vision was created by Simon and Kirby in 1940, right? And um, was in Timely Comics. It's quite a different version of that character, and um, and it was and he was created recreated as we know him now by Roy Thomas, who who specialises in going back in time and digging out obscure old characters. And uh, John Buscema on the art, right? And that's the vision we know and love. But Jimmy Woo is pretty much the same character as he was when he first appeared. And he first appeared in the pre-Marvel era. He 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 was the star of a Marvel book. Do you guys know this? Which yeah. was uh, where yeah. it's so so Jimmy Wu was created in 1956, and he's the star of a a, uh, a, a an Atlas title, the pre-Marvel name of of, of the pre-Marvel name of Marvel Atlas, yeah. and he was the star of an Atlas title, which um, from the second issue Kirby became the writer and artist on. He wasn't the writer and artist of the first issue. The first issue was written by Al Feldstein and uh, Joe Manili, who was one of um, Stan's favorite artist, but he died young. But this book, and the reason I haven't got to the name yet is this book will never be published today because it's so wildly un PC and it's the Yellow Claw. And so the Yellow Claw, who has reappeared, he appeared in the Steranko era of Shield. So did yeah. Jimmy Woo. It was Steranko who reintroduced them both, you know, as part of his crazy, like, uh, kaleidoscopic run on, on, um, on Shield on Nick Fury, um, yeah. They, so the the, the basically the Yellow Claw was like a it only ran to about four issues. I think is a series where the Yellow Claw is essentially a Fu Manchu analog, a classic Yellow Peril villain that you just wouldn't get today because it's too wildly on PC. But but uh, Jimmy Woo was the was the honest protagonist of that book so he was the guy trying to fucking stop the yellow claw the book was actually about the yellow claw and you know and Jim, jimmy was like the token hero trying to stop him each each issue and um Love yeah he's side. been around in the marvel universe for a long time no, i didn't know any of that yeah yeah and no, it, it, to you and that was it that, that they introduced him you know no yeah he's a really uh, both Vision and Jimmy were really long term old school uh, old school um, Marvel characters in the same way that Human Torch is the same way that Submariner is yeah they harken back to and uh, Jimmy was definitely a product of the 50s and if you think about it the Yellow Claw book and I'd, I'd, I'd urge you to look, look it up because you'll see instantly when you look at it why there's no chance of ever being collected now right um the you know because it's full of all these horrific stereotypes right yeah and uh, it's kind of like you know it's kind of like watching like chop chop in the in the black hawk series you know you just would just shit that wouldn't get done now right. um and loads of other characters ebony white in the spirit for example but uh, the interesting thing is that jimmy Roo is the hero of that book 
Yeah, and um, that's what's that's what's really quite interesting about it. he is the protagonist. But the Yellow Cora is exactly like a Marvel version of Fu Manchu. He's 150 years old. He's a genius, biochemist, and inventor, all that kind of stuff. But he, he's intent on world domination, <laughs> and uh, and like yeah, Jimmy is the kind of like hero who's you know kind of set himself up to like stop him. So he's been around for a fucking long time. That's yeah. Awesome. Do you think that they're setting Jimmy Woo up to be in the Legends of the Ten Rings? That uh, I can't think of the the character that, but it's Shang Chi, the yeah, uh, Shang Chi, the Shang Chi, Shang Chi. Yes, yeah. I, 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 that's an interesting question. They could well do that. Although, you know, I'm wondering is you know the thing is that is clearly going to be quite a, an Asian world within the Marvel universe. And it might just feel like just tokenism to have your other established Asian character. Oh shit. We'll put him in Shang-Chi as well. Do you know what I mean? I think so. So that's the only reason I think they might not do it. Um, And, you know, Jimmy Woo is kind of like, what's great about that character's portrayed is I think, you know, he's not particularly tied into his kind of lineage being part of his character. It, It doesn't really matter you know, kind of what race he is or, you know, the things that are important about him or, you know, the, 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 his personality, you know, which is, uh, which makes him a standout character and the way Randall Park plays him. Yeah, I think he's an amazing, I'm so pleased he's in this. He's one of the things that I enjoy the most about one division is watching him. He's amazing. And yeah. Randall Park's great in this role. We just so passed Helen Keller Boulevard in Tuscaloosa. And if she could only see that she has a boulevard named after her, she'd be so. Casey. That's like a a joke or are you serious? Sorry. (laughs) making bad jokes again. (laughs) This is my dad joke. (laughs) So where do we go from here? What do you you guys think is next in the show? What's, What's coming next? Well, I don't. Well, before we get to what's next, we didn't even address the biggest thing no, no, on the show. Two, All right, two, three massive things happened. Okay, one, Vision escapes, and and yeah. he starts falling apart. Two, yeah. Quicksilver's dead. Yeah. Yeah. Right. He's yeah. Original Quicksilver is is legit dead. Yeah. And three, the whole town just got expanded. And yeah, Tony, what was your first reaction when you saw her looking at? See, do you remember like halfway through the show, maybe more than a little bit half? He he kind of walks up to her and he's like right in her face, and she starts screaming. And that made a lot more sense because when she when he did it again, you saw the zombification of Quicksilver. Johnny, what was your first, yeah. first thought when you looked at that? Well, my first thought was that I was completely wrong in thinking he was pulled from the X universe, and he's actually just the same Quicksilver from the MCU, but reanimated. And then I started thinking, okay, well, if he's reanimated, why does he look different? Why does he look like, why is he Evan Peters and not Aaron Taylor Johnson? And so I'm trying to figure out how, like, why was he recast to a different look if she's bringing back her, literally her dead brother because he had all the same bullet holes in his chest and stuff. Um, and then, then I thought, you know, did she do this on purpose? And they kind of allude to that, that she doesn't know how this happened or what how it started. But yeah, I didn't know how I there. Yeah, right. He's just, just and I'm there. Thinking, and he, go ahead. Sorry. He's just there, and he knows. He knows she's doing this, and he's you know he's not controlled by her specifically just like the vision. Do you think I, that Ag- that that this may be Agnes that's pulled him up, and she doesn't know she doesn't really know his brother, so she pulled a a, 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 a mutant up, Quicksilver up, and he just happened to come from a different dimension. 
Yeah, I don't know because they also kind of tease that Agnes is uh, is under his control, her control too. Yeah, I I mean I just wonder if part of what we've been doing with Agnes is going down a blind alley because Catherine Hahn does have that kind of that undercurrent of menace that we talked about, and she could just be a huge MacGuffin, and she's just a, a like a neighbor, and you know has is the most outgoing of those neighbors, so has become the most outgoing and supporting cast. She might just turn out not to be material to it. I mean, I think the thing that's interesting that you have more of a sense of this week is that yeah it's all wondering she's controlling it all but it's not as simple as it's nowhere near as simple as one day she thought fuck me i'm depressed i'm gonna go and get the spirits caught at the uh the visions corpse and do all of this stuff she there's clearly something you know that's that's exerting its power over her and me uh, and accounts of the fact she can't fucking remember anything either she doesn't seem to remember her life you know prior to being, you know, prior to being in that world either. They don't seem to have any memory of the Avengers and stuff like that. So they're all being manipulated on some level. Yeah. 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 It's, it's this, this show does such a good job of just leading you down weird rabbit holes as you watch it. <laughs> yeah. What was your guys' reaction when, when Vision breaks through the wall and starts falling apart? It answered so many questions that we had had as to whether he was actually dead or what was keeping him alive. So it's apparent now that if he leaves that town, he's, he's toast. Or is it just within yeah. a first certain. Is he toast or is he, he just, or is he, was he being pulled back in because he's like tracker beamed in or you know, could he, cause he didn't like just fall apart and like go back to being the dead with the hole in his head. It was like pulling him back into the. He world. was getting ripped apart, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. Yeah. So he's dead outside the world, or is it just because Wanda wouldn't let him leave, or the, the the hex wouldn't let him leave? You know, for whatever reason. I don't know. Right. Well, and and now that you see Wanda is being able to say, "Where is he at?" It, instead of her just popping, she's like, "F it, I'm just going to make everything and I'm going to extend it all." So much yeah. power, man! How powerful she really is. Yeah, and if. If it was Wanda of today against Thanos in Infinity War, who's winning that fight now? Oh, Wanda. I mean, because as we've as we've talked about before, she almost won the first time around. It's only yeah. because he went for that doomsday approach that, that distracted her and stopped it happening. And she'd almost had the better of him anyway. Yeah. So now you don't even with the Infinity Gauntlet, though. I mean, if she if she's got reality bending powers, probably. I mean, if she's able to do this reality bending shit, then yeah. Because if any gone, it's not going to protect his mind from her, from her at this power level. Yeah. yeah, I think I think with the Infinity, the thing about the Infinity Gauntlet, it's really about when you get to him. You know, it's like a, it's a, it's like that scene where they're all trying to get hold of, trying to get hold of it. I mean, the guy. What you got to remember is before Quill went sort of ape shit, the Guardians and and Doctor Strange and Stark and Spider Man almost get it off him. Do you know what I mean? Although he doesn't have the full complement of rings at that point. Right. You know, right. Like what I'd like to see, and be, <laughs> I'd like to see Wanda raise up Thanos and kill him every day as a part of the <laughs> grieving process. He <laughs> 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 wouldn't be in this situation if he didn't kill the Vision like he did. Yeah. yeah. So what do you think of uh, the kids being uh, Speed and Wiccan? Oh, I thought that was great. I really like that. I thought and, I really enjoyed it. Oh, I tell you, I tell you now that opens the door on something that we were talking about last time around. 
And what I love about what they did is they chose a sitcom that none of us guessed a week ago, Malcolm in the Middle. They went down the Malcolm in the Middle route. None of us speculated it was going to be that. It was such a smart thing to do, I thought. But the fact they Malcolm in the Middle did, and really I thought that's where Evan Peters' performance with uh, the two kids really came into its own. Him inhabiting the, the, you know, the goofball, you know, kind of like, you know, uncle was such a fucking stroke of genius. And I loved his interaction with those two kids. And I loved, he, and he was acting so much, you know, if you go back in and watch episodes of Malcolm Merrill, that's what the vibe is like. Do you know what I mean? And they really harnessed that really well. I thought. Great. Did you guys, guys, um, so this, the, they, they actually kind of give you a time frame this episode takes place in. Um, because there's a scene where they come out of a movie theater and on the, the reader board in the background it says the Incredibles and Parent Trap. Uh, yeah. the movie theater. So it puts it uh, that puts this episode at like 2003, 2004 time frame. But they kind of skip the yeah. 90s. Yeah, very interesting. Yeah, that is kind of yeah. weird. Well, they kind of then they end on the 90s. Cause that whole thing, the, the sitcom they chose to do is kind of like that, what was it? Kind of full house kind of thing. It was like 80s, 90s kind of blend there. Yeah, yeah. It was 80s mixture, yeah. Which means Five. next next episode, they're gonna is it gonna be a, a more modern sitcom like uh 2010 or what are they doing next? You know, because we got we have three episodes left. Modern Family. I, yeah. yeah, maybe. I mean, you've got to think that I'm wondering if maybe there's only another episode of like sitcom in it. Because it's eight, yeah. nine episodes, there are three left. Maybe they'll do another sitcom-based episode, and then probably I would I would have thought the last two half hours are probably all about the ongoing meta narrative. By that point, we'll be deep in the nuts of what is actually going on. By that point, I would have thought. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Next, next week is going to be very interesting because we're going to have you see the expand. You'll see the the full expansion of the town. What's going to happen to Cat Denning's character, who has been was handcuffed, is now in the town. Yeah. Yep. Right. Yep. We just left her. <laughs> so she she's going to be her her in the town variation of herself. And what happened to Wu and Rambo? Where were they again? They were yeah, running, they, they were they were going to get their uh, meet, meet meet their friend right meet her friend. Yep. Yeah. Did they yep. get enveloped or not? Did they get away? They, they did not. They got away. No. They didn't. they got they got away, and the director well, got away as well. Yeah. They didn't they didn't specifically show them getting away, but they also didn't show them going in. But they showed them they showed them driving away and seeing the hex expand behind them. But then they cut to the director. They showed the director getting away, but then, then they showed um Darcy getting engulfed. Yeah, yeah. And all the soldiers have been engulfed as the all members the soldiers, of the circus. Yeah. 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 I, I mean I watched, I watched this I watched this with my son, who's seven. He's been watching this with us too. And he saw him turn he goes, So she just made a big circus out of everybody? <laughs> and I was like, Yep, yeah, that's fun. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I, I mean, carry on, guys. Darcy, that's yeah. Kat Denning's character, right? Darcy, yeah, Darcy, yeah, yeah. I can see her coming into the town now. She can only almost because of through humor and the way she reacts with things become that moral, ethical compass that Wanda's lacking right now, yeah. Yeah, maybe she can get to in a way that the other characters won't be able to. That's a, such a good point, mate. Such a good point. Because she's yeah. extremely smart, but she's very empathic as well, isn't she? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So someone's going to have to show up to be able to. Like, oh, well, I should probably ask the question. Do you guys think this show is going to end with a battle, some kind of a fight, or is it going to end with uh, coming to terms and like her understanding what's happening before before that without there being some kind of an actual magic or physical battle? I think it's going to uh, yeah, be a battle, uh, but I think we come to terms. 
I think there's going to be some kind of confrontation where, you know, and even if it if that's like involving, like, for example, Dr. Strange showing up, some heavy power player turning up to like, uh, absolutely, I think whatever happens, you would have thought the transition into like solving this can't just come from the characters we've seen on a scene on screen. You almost right. need some sort of a. You need to find out what is really going on or who's really controlling the events, and then you probably need some degree of Deus Ex Machina turning up to change the game. You know, like so. I would have guessed, but so far, what I love about this show is virtually every guess I've made has been dead fucking wrong. By the time I, we get I to the next it. episode, I love it too. Yeah, yeah, and that that's the best thing, right? That's what you want. You know, I, I, from where it is now, you think, okay, we'll get to the bottom of what the fuck is actually happening. Get to the bottom of whether the director is really a bad guy or not. And then once you know who's the real agent of, like, chaos behind all of this, then somebody appears who's, who's able to help Wanda break her that, – that grip between Darcy and whoever this other person is, break the grip on the situation and, and for Wanda to triumph. Yeah, I, I, think, think, I think whoever that bad guy is, that ultimate bad guy we have there, the controlling whether it's Mephisto or somebody else, that's going to determine who we get to come in at the end to help. I, like, I think that is exactly right. Yeah, if it's Mephisto, it's got to be Doctor Strange, right? Yeah, it's got to be. Because there's nobody with the power set to like defeat somebody like him apart from, apart from Strange. Yeah. yeah. I think Captain Marvel's going to show up at some point, though. Yeah, they've hinted to her a couple they've times. They've hinted well, yeah, because there's probably there's clearly got to be you've got to get to the bottom of whatever, um, you know, Rambo's issue is with her, and then see that play out, you know, and see that resolve somewhere. But I, it might not happen in this series, of course. It might be something else that's coming down the line because they're doing that whole like you know, uh, um, scroll thing. You know, if they're doing that whole show. Some of that might, some of what's happening here might end up, if it goes into a kind of more galactic realm, some of that might end up getting ported over into that show and dealt with then, do you know what I mean? Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. But what so I love have... is they've got so many directions they could go. Even now, you know, kind of six weeks into a nine-week arc, we've got no way of knowing which way they're going to take it from this point yeah. onwards, which that's what I love about it. You go anywhere. Yeah. 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 Totally go anywhere. Do you think we'll see Mike Rambo get her powers in this show? I think they're launching very closely yeah. to that because they keep on doubling down on the fact that she's been through all of that uh, chromosomal change, DNA change. Yeah. The two times she's been in, like her cells are getting supercharged, is what it looks like. And that if she ends up going inside one more time, it might have a change that, you know, that they. So I think they're definitely inching towards that outcome. But, what do you think, guys? Saying- they might be setting up for Captain Marvel too. Oh yeah, yeah for, sure. You know, <coughs> for sure. For sure, mate. What we're talking about right now is, I think more things will happen. Captain Marvel could show up in this in this series in the last three episodes. We don't know. Probably won't because I said it out loud. But uh, <laughs> I think they're definitely setting up for Rambo in Mar- Captain Marvel too because uh, it's going to be really interesting. And the and the girl playing Captain Rambo or uh, playing Monica is awesome. So Amazing. I can't wait to see what they do with her. She's really good. She is really very good. Yeah, she's awesome. No, I totally agree. So their casting is always spot on. Who who have they casted that just wasn't a good fit? Oh, mate, I, I it's like I said before. I think he's obviously got a great team who work with him, but I think Fagy's superpower is that he's he always casts the parts right. Uh, he has never got it wrong. Like we were talking about last week, they've got it wrong a little bit 
in that in that Jeff Loeb creative world of the TV shows, but only a little bit. Mostly, have got it right. But I can't. I don't think Faggy's ever cast anybody wrong. Sometimes he's cast somebody, and I've thought, "Shit, I don't know. That's going to work." And then he watched it and he go, "Oh, right, that that was perfect." Yeah. Yeah. And also, he's not afraid to like recast if they don't get it quite right. So, you know, the the flip from you know, Rhodey was definitely improved by casting Don Cheadle into that role yeah. rather than rather than Terrence Howard. It just suddenly made Rhodey a much more amusing character because Cheadle himself has got that wit the and that kind of, car of is that? arch intelligence. Do you know oh, what I mean? Yeah. Oh, sorry, sorry. There's a really weird car up ahead. It looks. Oh my god. Let me let me see if I can flip the camera around because it's so odd looking. Can y'all see? It's it's like way in the distance. Oh. It looks kind of like an El Camino. It's a gray one. It's a gray. You gotta zoom in. Uh, I don't know if I can. Are you, in, oh, are you in some kind of queue now, mate? Are you yeah, in some kind of I line? am. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm in line to uh for my wife to get the vaccine. I had to drop off a yeah, minute yeah, ago I because um the we directions that we almost died. <laughs> oh, <my goodness>. <laughs> <laughs> it turns out that podcasting and driving a car is not always a brilliant combination, right? It's I know, like right? Uh, it's like the last the, the, your immortal last words is what kind of fuck car is that? You know, and boom, the audio <laughs> track goes silent. I mean, I don't want that to happen, Casey, but it'd be great for our rating, just saying. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. So what I know we do this every week, and every week we've been wrong. But what do you guys think is happening next week? What are we going to learn next week? Okay, so uh, next week, I think that we are going to learn just the extent of um, of Wanda's power, because right now, you know, she extended the bubble. Um, she's barely holding on as it is, it seems like. And so that it's got to dilute her power. Right. Yeah. Yeah, So that's a really good point, Casey. So maybe it will also dilute her hold over the, over the citizens of the town, you know, which is there is already gaps in that at the moment. And also, you know that the vision can overcome that. You know, the vision has been able to overcome that stuff too. So maybe with her increased distraction, a widened field of influence, and also the fact that, you know, also the fact that the vision is kind of really beginning to have issues with what's going on. Maybe there'd be a major step forward in that. Yeah. Can I let you guys, real quick, tell them what you just said. I just said Wanda's a mom. She's got two kids. She's tired already. It's got to start showing somewhere. She did the PG version of that, by the way. She said that bitch is tired already. Yes, and two kids with superpowers too. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I think. Imagine. I think you're. I think you're right. I think we're going to see her powers drained a little bit, or that. I also think that. I think if we don't see or learn who um, Monica and and we were talking about, because they've they've teased it for several episodes now, they're on their way to go meet this person. So either if if we don't meet this person in the next episode, then I don't think we can really have we and Monica in unless or something something stops them from getting there, because they they're teasing that they're going to meet this person and get in there to get to get to get into the hex. Um, 
I also think I think we're going to get more about Speed and Wiccan, the kids, Billy and, and Tommy, because uh, they've now got they've now shown they have their powers. You know, they, Wiccan has his Wiccan powers and Speed is, is, is a speedster. Um, I, I'm curious. I'm personally curious what they're going to do with Quicksilver. Like, or what, what more are we going to find out about his character? Because I want to find out. I want to know why is it? Why is why does he look different? Why is he recast? You know, why is it the same? Why is it the same Quicksilver but recast? How did that happen? Yeah, Wanda doesn't know how she did it. Because it's clearly not Wanda's decision. Yeah, I think that's absolutely right, mate. I think that's absolutely spot on. Where's your accent? Where's your accent? Right. (laughs) I still think Agnes is a part of it because I think Agnes. I think Agnes brought Quicksilver back. I think she's more a part of this than she really. And they're letting on because yeah, that's what I was saying. Yeah, I think the same thing. I was like, it just seems weird because I think she raised Quicksilver, but she raised one from a different from a different multiverse from a different verse. Yeah. Or she brought him, or she brought him here, and he took over the body of this Quicksilver, or something like that. I don't know, but the, the, not the body, but the you know what I'm trying to say. But yeah, it's because because I, I think that she, I think she planted the seed or had it happen because you know in the last episode the dog was she killed the dog essentially, right? She used the she had, yeah. So it's gonna be interesting. I don't, I I just I gotta say I, I'm on I'm on the same page as somebody. I don't know. What's gonna happen? Like all my all my guesses are probably gonna be completely wrong because this show is a, just a great job of leading you one way and then taking you in the direction of the next episode, and I love it. I agree. So I've I've got a question, which is, um, does what do you think? Do you think when we get to episode nine, does the vin- does the vision finish this series dead or alive? Dead, alive. <laughs> See, that's it. You, uh, uh, you're absolutely right. You've got uh, I oscillate wildly between the two, and I was wondering which way you boys were going to jump. And it's the perfect fifty-fifty. Yep. Yeah, I think Paul Beck is such a great actor. I think I, I think Faggy wants him back as the Vision. The Vision is oh, yeah. is a mini mini. Oh, he's an asset to the. He's, yeah, he's, what? he's 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 a catalyst to so many storylines. Yeah, that yeah. it's almost not smart not to bring him back. But at the same time. We've been wrong every single time. Maybe he'll be back. Maybe he'll stay dead, but he'll be back when he's Oh yeah, but he'll be back in different ways. Being close to Wanda. You know, I, I kind yeah. of feel like she extends the bubble out because that extends her her uh, influence out. And he can be within a certain amount of distance from Wanda and still be alive. Go ahead, Casey. Well, one thing that I really appreciate about this show is you you don't really right. see a whole lot of um of character interaction and like character development in the usual span of a Marvel film. And you, you see like the, the pathos there and like them clearly having issues with each other. Um, and uh, it's, it's kind of refreshing to see that while, you know, while they're also trying to, have some normalcy in this, this weird marriage that they have going on. There's also a lot of betrayal and secrecy. And um, it's, uh, I think that's going to play later on in the movies. If, if he is able to come back, I think there's going to be a lot of, uh, a lot of issues they have from now on. He's going through the Frankenstein monster complex right now. Am I? Am I him? Who am I? Am I a construct yeah. of her? Are these feelings that I'm having my own? You know, you're starting to see that starting to wear on him. So that's going to be interesting to see how this goes. 
good point because he mentions he has no memory before Westview, right? He has no, remembers nothing, whatever, whatever, or however, Quicksilver is reanimated, but he has memories of growing up and memories of before. So why does Quicksilver remember stuff and Vision doesn't? And they're both if they're both reanimated, you know? Because I think I think Vision is not the true vision that we know of from the from the movies i think he's a construct of what wanda has created because she wants vision back and she only remembers that, that she's had with him and i think right. and I, I think we're right I, I think agnes or somebody has resurrected peter pietro and his memory his his is an a, it might be a true resurrection yeah the the thing about that is 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 vision clearly has um free choice and yeah. like a, a consciousness there. So it's, uh, I, I don't know how much of Wanda inter, interacts with, you know, him having his free choice. So that is, that's interesting to me. Yeah. Well, they made yeah, that uh, clear when she said, I didn't know you had plans. And she was like, no, you're supposed to. And he's like, what? And he's like, Oh, I, I didn't know you made plans. No, that's you right. Yeah, exactly. By the way, so a small Very detail clear. that I really loved is when you saw him with his um, his Vision Halloween costume on, right? <laughs> it's like, uh, which was brilliant. And both of their costumes were just great. She, they both uh, look cheap as hell, too. Yeah, yeah, right, exactly. Oh, yeah. She, uh, she looked amazing in hers, by the way. She looked incredible, right? But um, it, they And they both look suitably cheap. What is great is that his vision face is his human vision face with red makeup on. Yeah. It's not the vision face and it's his human teeth. Yeah. Not his vision teeth, which are these super artificially bright white teeth. Right. It was just him, Paul Bettany with his face, with face makeup on, you know, and he had, he had his human teeth that he has when he's being human vision. I thought just the attention to detail was so clever. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. Love well, the costumes of the episode. We've made it to the end of another WandaVision episode here on Spoiler yeah, Country. Yeah, me too, man. It's been a lot of fun. I can't wait for next week to see what we get to talk about all over again because we had a we, well, we won't name mention any names, but we do have somebody within the spoiler verse that doesn't think there's enough to talk about on WandaVision. <laughs> and we're just like <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I, as we've discovered many times over the years, there's always enough to talk about. It doesn't necessarily have to be about one division. One division is just the thing that opens the door, right? And then you know these the digressions are what is part of the spoiler country experience, surely. Sure. For I think sure. between the four of us, we can pull out a Q-tip <laughs> and say, "Let's discuss this Q-tip," and it'll be an hour long of something. <laughs> Oh, mate, I couldn't agree more. And actually, while we're talking about this, something I wanted to address is in the service of talking about WandaVision last week, we briefly touched upon the Gina Carano Mandalorian scenario. And I remember specifically saying at the time, well, you know, it's like it takes a lot to hoove people at these shows because because even though Gina Carano, I can't remember my exact words, but my point was, even though she said these batshit crazy stuff, you know, she's still on board with the Mandalorian. Fucking less than a week later, that's all massively changed. That's She's so gone on. To, she went to a place that was so so extreme. They had no choice than to hoof her out. Now she's gone. You know, unbelievable. She said some crazy yeah, shit. Done, right? Done. <laughs> yeah, some crazy. Yeah, Cara, yeah, crazy shit. But you wonder 
this is what I don't get about like today's like brand of um, like movie and TV stars. Mm-hmm. Back in the day, of course, in the era of James Stewart and Cary Grant, everybody's very, very carefully managed in terms of their personal life. And, of course, you get a lot more transparency with people's personas on social media. But you'd think if you had fairly, you know, I mean, all she had to do to keep her foot in the door of, of that massive franchise was just keep her gob shut about some of those extremist views. You wouldn't know that she had them if she didn't put them on fucking social media. Just, you know, just seems so strange to me. One of my favorite comedian and social commentator is Ricky Gervais. I think the guy's genius. If you want to hear his, which I thought he was spot on, listen to the last time he hosted the Golden Globes. And he was like, I'm done. This is the last time I ever do it. Five times in a row, I'm done. And he just annihilates Hollywood and their bullshit PC stuff that they do. And the fact that, you know, if Al-Qaeda was had a studio and they're hiring you guys would be the first one to run there wouldn't you <laughs> it's fucking true yeah yeah it's true it, mate. It, it, but it's so tr- it's the, the that he brings it to is is ridiculous it's hilarious you see tom hanks in the in the audience and he's just like i can't believe this guy's saying this stuff he's you know <laughs> but it's like it's so it's so there's so much truth to what he's saying and it, it, i love it so I, it and it's it goes to right to your point sumner of keep your mouth shut you still have this massive job. Why? Why put yourself out there like this? Yeah, yeah. And plus, you know, you know, these people are actors. They're not actually fucking role models. Do you know what I mean? That's it. That's the other thing. I mean, you can get actors who are role models, of course, and you can get actors who stand for something. But the reality is, most of the people in Hollywood don't stand for anything. You know, except for lining their pockets. You know, and and. Uh, and the reality is that you know when you get actors and performers on their own dime, like talking about things, often it's an inex- poorly expressed barrel of horseshit. Because one of the reasons actors often look so impressive is they have very clever writers writing every fucking thing they say. Do you know what I mean? People who, if you put these writers on camera, they they they, they you know they're not exactly the most photo friendly bunch of people, but they're good at crafting words. Actors are great at delivering words that have been beautifully crafted, but with the odd exception, of course, they rarely ever craft these words themselves. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Right. Yep. All right. I think that's a great note to end on. Right yeah, on. One more thing to say. One more thing. Yeah. One more thing. Casey's got a Kickstarter. Everybody should check it out. Voodoo Child. It's all over the yes. all over the web. It's already hit its goal. Check out his Kickstarter. Voodoo Child. You got a ticket. It's him and P.L. Woods. It's a great book. Uh, I've read the scripts. It's it looks fantastic. I just want to make sure we mention it for everyone, for him and for everybody. Go check out Voodoo Child on Kickstarter. Brilliant. Thank you very much. Yes, yes. It's um we've already hit our first stretch goal, and uh which is uh, badges, and. The second stretch goal is uh, we're only 150 pounds away from that. Um, so, uh, I, and I don't know what that means in American, but <laughs> um, uh, we're <laughs> be about, so, be about, be about $220, mate. Cool, cool. Yeah, yeah. We're like 220 bucks away from the next stretch goal, which is fridge magnets with a uh, voodoo child logo on it and uh is their badass and my wife saw it and was like i want those fucking magnets like, yeah you do <laughs> so there'll be a link in the show notes if you want to search for it it's voodoo child c-h-i-l-l-e that's how you spell it 
Yep. Amazing. Yeah, that, that's incredible, mate. Dude, I, I I can't wait for for it to be out, and I'll I'll get you a um I'll, I'll send you a PDF or something because I it's uh it's a war comic, but it's also a horror comic, and uh, lots of um lots of gory fun. Um, it it, it should it should be interesting. You, uh, you'll like uh, at least uh, one uh, aspect of it. I'm all of the, I'm all over that, mate. I'm looking forward to it. Awesome. Awesome. If nothing else, the art will look great. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm sure the whole thing's going to be great. I can't wait, mate. I'm, I'm, I'm stoked. See the exchange. Cause I, I back Casey's project for some reason. And so I put out there, I just backed and I, and I tagged Pete <laughs> and Casey. But I tagged the wrong Pete Woods. I tagged the Pete Woods that's doing um what is he doing, Casey? The uh, uh he's doing... Iron Man. He's in the yeah. Iron Man, he's in the Disney um episode where the Marvel 616, where Dan Dan Slot is yeah, writing yeah. Yeah. A, an issue of Iron Man in the Marvel house style. And oh brilliant. Oh, that's what a great idea. Pete Pete Woods I t- has he has the patience of a saint, that man. Yeah. <laughs> he responded to me tagging him saying, I think you got the wrong Pete Woods. You want this guy, mate. His name is, and Pete's is PL, it's like plywood, right? Is yeah, yeah, yeah. Things. And, it, and then he was like, oh, I was like, oh my God. Well, I just wanted you to work on a project. <laughs> and it just went back and forth. It was really funny. <laughs> brilliant. Absolutely <laughs> brilliant. Yeah, he seems like a super nice guy. So. Yeah, he was really nice, really, really cool about it. Because I just want to make sure the right guy gets the credit. I'm like, well, he's getting my money, so he's getting the credit. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, Casey and Pete has done a wonderful job. I highly suggest everybody go check it out. Go to Kickstarter.com, give a Voodoo Child a, a search, and you'll you'll be extremely happy. And they have many reward tiers, so you don't have to spend a lot of money to to back it. Yeah, yeah, and uh, we wanted it to be back, affordable. Back, back the highest would be us. Yeah. Well, we wanted it to be affordable. If you, if you just wanted to read a PDF or whatever, uh, we didn't want to charge you an arm and leg for that. Um, if you want a floppy of it, uh, you get a floppy and that's also affordable. Um, we're making this because we love comics and, uh, Pete is just such a, a great guy to collaborate with. Um, it, it I've really had a blast doing it. Amazing. Awesome. Amazing. That's a good spot to end it on. Yeah, that's a great spot. All right, guys. Well, thanks for joining us, and we'll see everybody soon. And we're back. That's right. We are back. Back in the saddle again. Well, (laughs) I hope you guys really really enjoyed that as much as we did making it for you and if you like what you heard you want to hear more you got to go check out spoilerverse.com because at spoilerverse.com we have a plethora plethora is such a it's such a snobbish word i like it though (laughs) it's It's a good word (laughs) we have an obscene amount of interviews with amazing directors and artists of all walks of life and editors and writers and oh my god are you a lover of comic books like we are and then 
There's so many. so many amazing people from the comic book world over at spoilerverse.com. And I highly implore you to go there and check it out. Yeah, and while you're there, you can check out all the other podcasts on our network, like Bridges and Geekdoms and Funny Book Forensics and Haphazard Adventures and Nerds from the Crypt and so many more. Misery People Point Radio. episodes all the time. Misery Point Radio has got a ton of great stuff out there. Go check all of them out. And check out all of the reviews and previews and articles we have going up every single day for you, every day on Swillivers.com for you to check out, to read, and to love, and to like, and to comment. We have a store link. If you want to help support the site, you can do it two ways. One, go to our Patreon, which is just patreon.com slash country, or go to our store link in the middle of the site there and get a t-shirt, a face mask, a hoodie, something. Look fly as hell and help support the site when you do that because we get a dollar or two. And, you know, maybe you want to talk to us. If you do, you can do it you know, obviously on all the socials, but if you go to scpod.us slash discord, you can join our public discord server and come chat with us all day long. I couldn't say it better myself, dude. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. You just mouthed out a ton of information at once. And really, <laughs> I hope you guys enjoy what you're hearing because we're, we're working our butts off to bring it to you. We are. We are. I guess there's only one left thing. One left thing? Yeah. I'm going to go with it. There's only one left thing left to do. What's that? In an oceans of podcasts, we are Cthulhu. As Cthulhu compels you to do. Open the mind. And... Even more.